Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. Good morning. We just got a notification that recording is in progress. So um, we are live. We're talking to you this morning. This is Bruce Weiner and Rachel Marshall on the Money Advantage podcast. And today we want to talk to you about the five reasons that your financial plan is failing. Now, Bruce and I have had a great conversation leading up to being live with you on the show this morning. And what we know is that in talking with, I don't know, Bruce, hundreds, thousands of people, Mm -hmm. we know that there are financial struggles at every single income level. And there are so many things that you can have somebody looking from the outside and saying, oh, they probably have it all together. And yet I know that there are things that you are worried about and concerned about that are causing you to stay up at night and wonder, do I have enough money? Am I managing it correctly? Do I have enough cash flow? What is retirement? Am I going to be able to pay for my kids' college? Am I going to be able to grow my business the way I want to? So whatever your question on your mind, I'd love for you to pipe into the comments because this question is extremely important. And today we're going to talk with you about being on track to financial freedom. You know, there's so many different things that can clog our mindset and have financial noise telling us, well, pay off your house. As soon as you have a paid off house, that means you're financially free. Or pay off all your debt, or just get the good job with all the benefits and make sure you've got a million dollars in your retirement funds. There's all of these voices telling you what to do. And then you have the fear of, are we going to have a market crash in the future? What about inflation? Are we going to have another recession? Are things too good to be true? Should I be in Bitcoin? There's all these questions on your mind. And today we want to talk about, most people think that the answer is something other than the real answer. Financial freedom is something probably very different than what you have heard and what you believe and what you've learned from other people around you. And so we're going to talk about what paints the landscape around your financial picture, but what is the true thing to be able to focus on and not fall trapped to these five reasons that most people's financial plan is failing. So Bruce, thank you for joining me today. I just, uh, let's get your thoughts as we get started on this show today. Well, Rachel, I think this is a very important topic, uh, although I think it's a personal topic for each and every one of the listeners. So my, my point there is that financial freedom is different for every, for every listener. Financial fears are different for every listener. Um, one of the things that uh, a recent person who reached out to us said to, to me is, hey, I'd like your guys' take on infinite banking because you're not bashing all the other ways or places to put your money. And I think this is what this is where the confusion comes from so often. Is you run into a investment advisor and they say, "Oh, you know, we're just going to charge you a fee and assets under management, we're going to do mutual funds and oh, we got to do spiders because they're the cheapest way. They mirror an index, we're going to do an index fund because that's what Warren Buffett says to do." And then you and then you get to an alternative investment uh Person and they say, "Oh no, you just got to put your money into different businesses." Then you get to a real estate person, and they say, "Oh, don't deal, don't deal with the stock market. Just put it in a real estate." And then you get to an insurance person. They say, "Why do you want to take any risk? Put it, 
put it into insurance, you know, so on and so forth. And everybody has a different idea of what you should be doing. And what, and our message, I believe, is that there's some financial, there's some foundational, excuse me, foundational things that you should consider to get, put yourself on the best track for time and money freedom. And that's what we're going to talk about today because people are fearful that they're doing the wrong thing. And I don't blame them for being fe- fearful because they're getting so many mi- mixed messages. Bruce, I think that's extremely valuable for anyone to hear. And I think that can make it challenging to say, okay, well, I need help financially. And I need more of a financial plan than I currently have. Or maybe I have a financial planner, but I'm not sure it's the plan that I need. But how do I know what the right next step is? I mean, it's almost like you're going to say, I know I need to buy a car, but I'm not sure I want a you know, a Cadillac or I want a Mitsubishi. So I don't even know which dealership to go to. Maybe I want a Lexus. Maybe I want a Tesla. Which dealership should I go to? Who do I talk to? It's not just any person in the auto industry that can help me. And how do you know that you're getting what is actually going to get you what you want? What if you think that what you want is not what you really want? And sometimes we can be led to believe that, well, you know what? Everyone needs to drive a Toyota RAV4 for whatever reason. And yet that might not be what fits your needs. Or maybe it's, you need to have a Jeep. If you're going to live the American dream, it has to be a Jeep. And if if you're not driving a Jeep, then you're not getting the right thing. But what's interesting is you have to know what meets your needs and is going to help you accomplish your goals and make you the most happy. And so today we're going to talk about the five reasons your financial plan is failing. So let's go ahead and start off. I think the first reason is that I think a lot of people are not vested in truly understanding. And I say this with a lot of compassion because the financial world can feel very complex and it can feel like you have to know absolutely everything or go get a degree in finance or be an economics major or go work in the financial industry yourself to really understand. And I think sometimes no matter what income level you are, no matter where your assets are lying right now, no matter if you have no debt or you have business debt or you have a million dollar mortgage on a home right now, wherever you stand, it can be very difficult to sort through all of the noise and say, what is the most important thing to focus on? And so we hear strategy A, strategy B, strategy C, we watch all the YouTube videos, we go get some courses and pretty soon, We're going in a thousand different directions because we feel like we have to be a master at absolutely everything. And so we give up and we say, well, I just, I'm just going to live my life. I'm just going to spend the money I want to spend. Hopefully it'll all work out. I'll trust a financial advisor, a planner, let them handle my money for me. And I think what the problem is, is that we can be going in too many different directions and not have the clarity that we need to really focus on what truly matters. Bruce, what do you think about that? Well, uh, clarity, clarity of what really matters to you. Mm. Um, and a lot of times when you talk to a person, it's clarity, what really matters to them. And, uh, and a lot of times it's driven. It's not, I, I'm not saying people are financial advisors or insurance producers or coaches or I'm not saying that they're bad people, but we all have biases that we bring to somebody else. And, and that's why they came to us. They want to know what our opinions are. 
but it's it's the ability to take those opinions, it's ability to take that advice and then make it your own. You hear you hear that um, with a lot of people all the time. It's like, okay, I want to gather this all the information, but then I'm going to make the decision. Those are the most, I believe, in my experience, those are the people that are actually most successful when they take all these different advices, all all these different perspectives, and make it their own. The ones that are that they struggle, they flounder, they do this, they they get into a coaching program, or they or they see something on the internet, and you, frankly, what we're doing today, YouTube is is one of the most difficult things. I was having this discussion with a potential client the other day. They were they were like, "Holy cow! There's so much stuff out there. I I just want to follow the this one program, and then I'll be successful." And I'm like, "Well, you don't even know if that program." is going to align with your values mm-hmm. as you go forward. And then there's a, and then there's a, a visceral reaction in that particular thing. So I, I, I think you have to be vested in the thirst of knowledge, but action is more important. You know, Dan Sullivan, who we've, we've talked about for three or four years now, you know, he, he doesn't believe that, uh, having a goal is the right thing. He thinks you should have a vision. Think about think about uh, if we had a goal to amass in the stock market for the last ten years, and you had a goal that you were going to turn, you know, ten thousand dollars a year into two million dollars in ten years, and it seems like it's going great, but now all of a sudden they threw this Bitcoin in there. And this is what Sullivan's always saying. You have to have a vision of what you're trying to accomplish because you don't know what's going to come about. COVID's another example. You have to be, have this vision where you want to be going, but you have to reevaluate this every 90 days or so so that you can gather more information. You can't just have a set it and forget it type of financial plan or life plan, frankly. Yeah, Bruce, I love what you shared there. There was so much meat in that, but specifically, I love that you said you have to be vested in the thirst of knowledge, but action is more important. And I'm going to quote you on that and uh, we'll make sure that we post that later. But what's just really interesting is that you have to be vested in understanding the moves that you're making, not just blindly trusting someone else because they said, and they're the guru and they, you're just taking their word for it. Instead, you want to take control and you want to know what you're doing. The problem is that if you just are soaking up information and knowledge, it can just get overwhelming and out of control. And the crazy part is the more knowledge you want to gain before moving forward sometimes can spin you in a thousand different directions. And then you want to compare notes across the board and it can paralyze you from making any moves going forward. And it's very, very interesting space to be in a place where you can say, I have a vision I, I know ultimately what I want to do, and I'm open to being led in that direction and taking action. I think taking action is absolutely the, the thing that somebody needs to do in order to feel progress. It can be very overwhelming instead to feel that I've learned this and I've learned this and I keep learning and I keep learning and I keep learning and pretty soon you're just going to completely drown yourself in knowledge and it's more and more overwhelming the less action you take on that knowledge that you gain. You can do everything right and fail. I tell people this all the time. You can do everything right and fail because things are out of your control, such as COVID, 
such as, you know, um, you did everything that this person said to do as far as diversification in the stock market. And then um, we have a great recession that, that was out of your control. And then uh, you also can do everything possibly wrong and still be successful. And I'll give you an example just happened in, in, uh, in my opinion, somebody invested in a fake Bitcoin, like the Dogecoin, mm. which is, which is, not, which is just a, a meme of the Bitcoin and back in February and turned very little dollars into over a million dollars. Now, luckily they, and this is somebody locally that reached out to me. Luckily they, um, what I consider that was that was wrong. You shouldn't have put any of your money in that particular situation. But luckily, they said, "Okay, I'm going to change this into what's considered a real cryptocurrency now." Uh, and and they are now in a, a good position. So I, they did what I would consider everything wrong, but they were successful. So you can't you can't fear either direction, mm -hmm. or you'll never or you'll never take action. Um, and that's the thing, uh, you know, we see these memes all the time, right? Where, whether it's Elon Musk or whether it's Jeff Bezos, you know, they say you're not failing. It's just feedback. You know, mm -hmm. you're, you're getting, you're, you're taking action. You're trying to figure it out. It doesn't work. P some people say I failed at that. And they would say, no, it's just feedback for the next time you, you do something. So action, action, action is yes. what you have to do. Yes, absolutely, Bruce. I could not agree more. And I know that to be true in my own life. And I know that to be true in every single person's life who we talk to and who has been successful. You've gone through those dips and those valleys. And sometimes it's the dip or the valley of frustration and what could be called failure where you learn the most or understand something differently so that you can make a better decision that skyrockets you to what would be the success that you ultimately want. So all right, so this is excellent. Let's go on to the second reason that I think most people have a financial plan that's failing. And I wanna clarify here, what do I mean by a financial plan that's failing? Now, you could be in any situation that you make money and do not feel confident about the future. I would call that a financial plan that's failing. This could be, I have, income today, but I'm worried about my job stopping and not having income from the job. This could be, I have a business that I have, Bruce, you and I were talking about this right before as well. I have a business. I'm a consultant. I have a main client that's a really big client. But if that client relationship dries up at the snap of a hat, you can even share your story if you want to. Mm -hmm. I have no more income. Do you want to share that? Yeah, the big one was here in St. Louis, Panera Bread, which is headquarters here in St. Louis, actually right across the street from our office. Uh, I had a client who had a printing company, and they printed everything for Panera Bread. And they were so excited when they got when they got the contract, and they had it for several years, and they, and they stopped going out and getting new contracts. And then one day, Panera came and said, uh, we're shifting to another um, – company because we don't think you're big enough. And so they lost the entire contract and they, and they had no more income coming in because they didn't foster other relationships. Well, what people don't realize in business, when you go out and try to get other contracts, they ask you, well, who else are you doing business with? And that is a, that is a problem then. You, you've lost complete momentum in that situation. 
You know, it's, it's interesting. So, I mean, that is definitely a situation where maybe you are not feeling like your financial plan right now is failing, but it has the potential for failure. And ultimately that will undermine your abundance mindset that will undermine your ability to think clearly and make good decisions. And that can also just contribute to intellectual laziness in a position where we're not continually trying to grow and build those relationships as you're talking about. So this having a financial plan that's failing, this could be, I'm successful, but how do I make sure that I pass on kids or money to my kids well? Or how do I make sure that I'm in a position where it's not going to um, dry up tomorrow? Hey, uh, uh, Jesus is all, as saying all cryptos are fake. You know, Jesus, I could argue that all money is fake uh, that we use in the, in the world today. It's all fiat money. What I said is fake is, is you know, the, the Bitcoin and the, um, and I'm not an expert on this. We do have a, a crypto division in our firm, though. Uh, Ethereum, they are based upon algorithms, that mm-hmm. mathematical algorithms for mining these. The ones I'm talking about are fake or are the ones that don't even have any algorithms. They're just saying, hey, this is a coin. We're just going to say it's a coin and you want to invest in it and we'll figure it out later. That's what I'm talking about, fake. Uh, and, and, but, but Jesus is correct. The dollar is also fake because it's all, it's all based on the full faith uh, of the uh, United States to be able to tax, uh, to pay for uh, anything it back. So, which is a fiat currency. Which is a fiat currency. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so back to the idea that why is your financial plan failing? I think often it's that we don't have a good definition for financial freedom. And Bruce, I think this comes back to your very excellent point in the beginning that financial freedom is individual. So financial freedom does not mean $5 million of net worth. Financial freedom does not mean 10 rental properties, cash flowing $1,000 a month each. Financial freedom does not mean a disability income check that is indefinite into the future. Financial freedom does not mean a fully paid off house. However, what financial freedom really is connected to is the idea of income. It's not a certain net worth. It's not another. um, You might have milestones along your financial path, but sometimes we can look at the milestone and think that it's the end goal, the finish line, and it's not. And what's really interesting is that all of us want income. We want income that is into the future that we know is going to continue to be produced. And that's the reason why people even look at accumulation, the accumulation model in the first place. They're accumulating a nest egg and they want to then retire and then drain off the interest or drain off the um, the growth of that nest egg without depleting the principal and be in a position where they're going to keep that nest egg through the end of their life and hopefully not run out of cash and still be able to pass on a legacy to their kids. So the idea behind that is you need income. So I would say that a healthy benchmark or hinge of the word financial freedom has to do with having an income stream sufficient to not have to worry at night that you know is going to continue to be produced in the future. Yeah, and here, here's a great example. I, you know, I built a lot of large part of my career on with teachers because I was a teacher and I have a great understanding of how pension plans work. And here in Missouri, it's one of the top three pension plans in all the United States. So uh, a teacher in Missouri could start out as a 22-year-old, 
they could work 30 years and retire at age 52 on the same net check uh, in retirement that they had the year before as a teacher. So, and, and sounds like could, a pretty sweet deal, right? Yeah, and and in a lot of cases, the gross check is is six five to six thousand dollars. So, here's my point: they don't have net worth, so they don't have a lot. They met, yeah, they own a they 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 have some a house, they have a little bit of money in the bank, they have some cars, but they don't have huge net worth. But what they do have is a, and I'm showing on the screen for anybody that's on the podcast, but on YouTube. Uh, if you have a $6,000 a month pension that produces $72,000 of income every year, you would have to have $1.8 million in an investment at 4% to produce that kind of income. So they don't have a tangible net worth that they could say, look, everybody, I have $1.8 million. They can't even pass on that $1.8 million. But this is the example of what's more important, net worth or cash flow. Mm -hmm. Every one of them are happy. Every one of them I talk to that are in retirement are happy because they don't have to worry about where the next um, cash flow is coming from. Where I think one of our listeners uh, on YouTube just said, you know, they're worried about how to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. that, and that is an example of, of uh, worrying about cash flow. Mm -hmm. Farmers, I'm from a rural area, farmers are worried about paying the bills too. And they're sitting on net worth of millions of dollars a lot of times. Their their farmland in Missouri it's worth six, seven, eight thousand dollars an acre. And they got tens of thousands of acres that they're farming. But they're they're dirt poor. Mm -hmm. They have no cash flow. So there's an example of great net worth, but no cash flow. And and what's funny because farmers are so conservative they won't even go to the bank and, and get a lien against their their net worth. Because they're so, they don't want to have any debt. It's it's crazy the mindset. So your so mind that would be asset rich and cash poor in some right. ways. Exactly, absolutely they are. And you know what's interesting as well is this could be a situation where the the pain of not being able to pay bills might not be today. It might be a pain of what if I can't pay bills in the future? What if I'm a doctor, a dentist, a chiropractor, an attorney, and I'm in a position where my income provides everything I need right now, but I want to enjoy my life. I don't just want to wait for retirement. What if I don't make it to that point? I want to live well and know that the future is covered and pay for kids to go to college and weddings and, I, and vacations and upgrade on the house. And I want to do all the things, but I'm just not sure that I can keep working at this pace, at this rate, in this profession for the rest of my life how do I transition to making sure that I know my, I'm going to have income in the future? So these are just some questions that we hear on people's minds as they're making decisions financially. And I think this leads us into you know, something we've kind of a little bit talked about already, but another reason that your financial plan is failing is because you're distracted. And I think distraction can come in multiple ways. One, you have to focus on being excellent in your business. That is your specialty. That's your niche. That's your area of expertise. You're probably not, you don't have the bandwidth to become a financial expert as well. And so there's that element of distraction. If you could say, I'm distracted from creating the financial um, cash flow in my future that I want to create, 
there's also this element of distraction that can be well the stock market's up today maybe i should invest there uh you know what about interest rates well maybe this isn't the right um thing to be investing in maybe uh, my friend just made a bunch of money in cryptocurrency. Maybe I should hop on over there. This distraction of almost a shiny object syndrome of all these things that could be potentially really, really excellent that might not be the best thing for you. Bruce, how do you see that playing out in the the conversations that you have? Well, absolutely. The I think, uh, what is the phrase? A niche makes you rich. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same thing for just common everyday people. Um if you just focus, and maybe it is you just focus on putting money into the stock market, um, because if that's the only thing you feel confident in, if that's the only thing that you know, and you're and you're willing to to research that over and over, there have been people, not as many as I think there should be, but there have there have been people that have got in at their exact right time and have been disciplined enough to to research and do this on a daily basis, and they never got derailed. Um, it doesn't happen that often. If it ha- if it if it was more common, uh, I would see more of it in our practice. Uh, people are coming to us because they're looking for alternative ways from the stock market because the stock market has let them down. There are other people that have made a lot of money in real estate. There's other people that have tried it and they haven't because they haven't focused on it. Uh, I just recently had a client who was going to get into real estate and. He bought his first property and now he's like, well, I'm not making enough money on it, so I'm selling it. Well, he's not focused on it. He's trying something different now all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. So that's the distraction you're talking about. Mm -hmm. The the next new shiny object. If it's your business, it should be your business. And and it doesn't mean that you have to not try things. So example, you know, I recently I I recently bought a business called the Beer Sauce Shop, which is a barbecue, craft beer, craft liquor thing. Uh, I'm one of the I'm a, the majority owner in it. I know nothing about craft beer. I know nothing about restaurants, so I don't do any of that. But I know numbers and how business operations should work. So I focus on that. I'm the partner that focuses on that, and then mm-hmm. we have a partner that focuses on operations because he does understand the craft beer industry. And so he focuses on that. So we're not saying that you shouldn't try different diversifications. Matter of fact, we like that, but focus on your strength on that. Uh, Rachel, um, somebody, let's get back a little bit because this is part of distraction. Somebody on the YouTube said, you know, and I already mentioned this, that they, they, they can't figure out how to pay their bills. And this happens even with the ultra wealthy a lot of times because um, they have a business dealing that they, it's a long-term business dealing. They're trying to figure out how to pay their bills and so on and so forth. And a lot of times this comes, though, as we whittle this down, that people think, well, I can't pay my bills because I don't have enough income. Well, then you got to get more income. <laughs> I mean, that's the mm-hmm. bottom line. Okay. And it might be short-term, but you got to get more income. You got to take a second job. You got you to have a, another hustle. You got to find a, another cash-flowing investment. And people say, I don't have enough time. I use that excuse to, when I'm working out. Oh, I can't work out. I don't have enough time. And if you think about it, there's 168 hours in a week. You take 40 hours off of that for um, for work day job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your, your normal work. Um, now you have 128 hours. Now let's take 49 hours off for sleeping. Seven seven hours a night. Pretty good sleep pattern. Now you're down to 79 hours. 
let's take seven hours off, which is one hour a day to eat, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now you're down to 72 hours. You're, you have basically three days worth of time to do something else to produce income. And so th- this whole thing about, oh, I don't have enough time, that is an excuse that's running around in your head all the time, that uh, it's really not true. Now, some people say, well, but I have kids and I have this and I, I got to go do this with them. You got to evaluate um, that position. So maybe you don't have 72. Let's say you only have 24. Mm-hmm. You spend another 48 hours on the kids. You have time to, to move and do something, but you get distracted. You're like, oh, I'm going to sit down. I deserve to sit down and watch television. I deserve to go play a round of golf. I deserve this. I deserve this. Well, then you don't deserve uh, another income. <laughs> That's just the bottom yes. line. You've made a personal choice. So mm-hmm. until you get that junk out of your head and decide you deserve another income instead of you deserve to go play golf, then you don't deserve to solve your problems. It's that simple. And I know that sounds preachy. This is but I mean this is perfect. Sad. And so it's true. It is yeah. absolutely true. And Bruce, not to steal what you're saying, but I think so many times we wish and we hope and we consider and we pray and we have vision boards and we even try to change our mindset. But the real truth is you've got to put action to it. I mean, it's not something you can just conjure up in your mind that you wish that you would have a different lifestyle than you have today. It really is getting in financial control and going ahead and finding ways to be of more value, provide more value to more people. That's all making money is. And being able to be in a position where you're utilizing your time well. And I think the real truth is if we all are honest, myself included, the more effectively you use your time, the happier you really are. The more disciplined you are with making it count. If you're going to spend time eating, well, eat. Don't just make it take forever. Um, If you're going to spend time with your kids, make that extremely intentional time, not just, you know, they were in my presence, but I was, you know, scrolling social media or I was on TV or, you know, make your, your time, build friendships, make them matter, build a business, make it matter, but don't just waste the time. I think that's the problem is that we get in a position of wasting time. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's action is everything. Action is everything. Even if it doesn't work, you got to take action because then you're going to get feedback. Yes. For, what the, for the next action, you got to take action. Now we've got the Kenzen McNeil show. Um, thanks for joining us today. He said, preach. So, <laughs> all right. So that was being distracted. Now there's another part of a reason that your financial plan is failing. And it is that you are guessing. And this one is very closely tied to the accumulation model. And I'm going to show you exactly why and how, but so many times we guess. And this is exactly how we say, well, I think that I will live to this age. I think the stock market in the future is going to do this growth rate. I think interest rates are going to be this high. I think inflation is going to probably be this. I think I can save this much. I think this is how much I'll need in the future. I think these are my big bills. Now, do you know how many times I just said think it was at least eight? All of those are guesses. And the problem with guessing is that if we use all of those guesses to go into one formula that says, save this much, earn this much on that money, accumulate this dollar amount, live off this much income, it's all based on a gigantic amount of guesswork. 
And the problem with that guesswork is that every single one of those factors are not in your control. How long you live, what exact medical bills or any kind of bills you're going to have in the future, what the standard of living cost is going to change to, what inflation will be, what taxes will be. I didn't even say that one. And so if we have all of our hopes based on guesses, we're in a really insecure and unsafe place. And I think that causes a lot of under the undercover anxiety. I think that when, even if you take a great income and you say, I'm going to save a huge amount of my cash and I'm going to invest a huge amount of my cash and I'm going to still plug it into all of these guessing factors, you're in a position of insecurity and a hope and a prayer and depending on something that's not you. And if you are the kind of person who has gone into business and been entrepreneurial, you want to be able to depend on not everything else. You want to be able to be in control of your destiny. And so really what you need to do instead is find a way to turn your cash that you have now into cash flowing streams of income. And that is not based on guesses. That can be based on a certain incremental amount of cash flow from an asset today. And that cash flow can be turned into more cash flowing assets. And if you continue to compound that system, you can build a predictable income source for the future. Oh, I love I love that, Rachel. And I love the next one even better. Take uh, it away, Bruce. The, la- the last one. You're making it complicated. <laughs> and this this is uh this is about everything in life really i mean people worry yes. about making it complicated raising children mm-hmm. uh, i i i don't think i ever shared this before but when i was the principal of the uh the school out in california you know um uh, the the mothers would come up to me and they would just talk about how exhausted they were and how um how they were um didn't seem like they had any time and how their kids were exhausted because they had to take them to surfing lessons and then piano lessons and then baseball practice. And then they had to go, uh, you know, to play date with so-and-so, you know, and they're going on and on and they would confide in me, what should we do? And I say, well, don't do all those things. And, and they think they're messing up their child by not doing all those things. And then they get in a group and I would hear them talk about, Oh yeah, well I'm doing this and I'm doing that. They couldn't confide in each other cuz they were afraid they weren't being a good mother to each other. They were they were complicating the whole situation. The same thing happens with money. The, and and your plan. The greatest thing is when I talk to people about storing your money in in a, a special design life insurance contracts. They look at the illustrations and they're like, "Well, am I getting 5.3%? Am I getting 5.5?" What's the, what's the uh, interest rate on this? What, and Nelson used to say this all the time. Interest rates don't matter. It's about actually taking action and setting these things up. It's not that complicated. Take action. Try something. Invest in something. Save in something. Uh, read a book. Figure out. Talk to a coach. Listen to a podcast but take action to go forward. Um, You don't need all these fancy softwares. Matter of fact, it's funny. Uh, We have all these softwares in the investment community. And at the bottom, they had these disclosures that says, uh, these mean nothing, basically. (laughs) (laughs) People show it to them and they say, 
investment uh, involves risk and past performance does not guarantee future results. So these, these projections mean nothing. Um, it, but yet people want to hang their hat on that. Um, so don't worry about that. Just move forward and take action. Don't make it complicated. Bruce, I think that is an excellent place to actually end the show. I think we were planning on discussing more here, but really we came into this conversation today saying, what are the reasons why your financial plan is failing? I think many of us can identify with that idea that I'm not sure I'm doing the best I can with what I have. And I think that question really is this unsettling question or this unsettling feeling of saying, could I be doing better? Could I be more confident? Could I have more stability? Could I be in a position of more safety, more guarantees? Could I be in a position of being safer if the economy goes down the toilet? Bruce, you had a conversation with someone at the golf course the other day, and you said, all I need is a really good recession. Can you share that on the yeah. show? So, you know, I, I tell pe- people, I'll ask us all the time, well, what's the minimum that you guys have to do to work with a person? And I say, we have no minim- minimums because we have teams. And when you have a team, uh, we, I mean, I, this, is, this is the God honest truth. We have people on our team, um, so many people on our team that we can work with a person that puts their first $5,000 into an investment. And then recently, our team just uh, took over a $160 million um, net worth person. So we can go the entire time. So people are always f- trying to think, oh, they're trying to compare where am I to somebody else? Mm-hmm. And so this person said to me uh, right before we were playing golf, they said, I bet you're happy because life's easy right now because uh, the stock market has just taken off. And I said, no, nah, not really. And, and they were like taken back. And, I, and, I, and then they said, well, why wouldn't you be happy? You're an investment advisor. And I said, well, I really want a good recession. And, I, and they said, why would you want a good recession? I go, because people don't understand that there are other things out there that are that are available to you invest in to get what you really want and those are cash flowing alternative investments mm-hmm. and most people don't even know about it they're they're stuck in the buy hold and hope right now people are people are hoping that the stock market doesn't go down even though they know a recession happens about every 10 years now, and by the way um Let's say 08, 09 was more than 10 years ago, just in case you're. Right. Um, sometimes I think we get amnesia and we think, oh, it'll never happen. That was more than 10 years ago. I would say if you look at that every 10 year timeline, we're probably due for a correction. Yeah. And I was just out in Scottsdale uh, speaking at a conference. And, uh, you know, it was, it was mostly. it was mostly what I would call mature investment advisors, but there was a few that had only been in the business between 10 and 12 years, which is before the last recession. Mm-hmm. And I, I made the joke, uh, you know, all these young advisors, they, they think they're geniuses because they've never had a serious downturn in the economy. Now, my, some of our listeners right now, well, wait a minute, COVID caused 
the stock market to tank. Right. But there wasn't one, there wasn't one client of yours that said, Oh, it was your fault that the, that you didn't have me in a good position because everybody understood that it was because of COVID that the stock market tanked. So this buy hope and hope, buy hold and hope strategy is is something that everybody understands, um, but they don't realize. There's a difference between understanding it and realizing what could happen. Mm-hmm. And so in my world, there are there are different types of investments that people are not aware of. And you know, that's what I actually shared with the person when I said that. And this brings up a really good point, Rachel. Um, at every step of along the way of financial freedom, um, that person has more and more uh, questions. So early on, we talked about cash flow to just to pay the bills. The next, the next stage is, oh, where am I putting this extra cash flow? Then the next stage is, Am I going to lose this extra cash flow? And then the next stage is, oh, what are the major ways that I can actually uh, contribute to society with all this extra cash flow? Um, and what can I do to prevent major loss? I had another guy at the golf course come up to me. He just retired. And he goes, hey, can you help me not pay as much taxes as possible on $16 million that I'm going to have to take out of my, uh, my ESOP plan employee? Uh, stock, stock plan. ownership. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, sure. And he goes, you don't have to. And, and I say this all the time. And I was so glad he said this to me. He goes, you don't have to make me wealthy. You just got to keep me wealthy. Mm. And so all, for all of the listeners out there that are already wealthy, you know, now when you already became wealthy and you have all the money that you think you'll ever need in your life, the most important thing is to have a plan to keep you wealthy. Yes. And that is why all these athletes and entertainers, they get into the wrong crowds and they and you hear about all these terrible stories because they continue to try to build their wealth, build their wealth, build their wealth, build their wealth in just these ridiculous ways instead of actually maintaining their wealth. And so that is legacy planning. That is good tax mitigation planning. That is good cash flow planning. So people out there that have wealth, they need a different type of planning and you need a different type of planning along the way. And, and if you're involved with teams that have worked with that along the way, then uh, you have the best chance, I believe, to make sure you maintain that wealth. Well, I think that this is extremely relevant for anyone to hear today, that it's not so important to just make the money. It's not just so important to grow the money. It's important to keep you wealthy. And what is just really, really interesting is many people skip that step of keeping the wealth. So in my brain, I think about a house, building a foundation is making money and keeping as much of it as possible. You've got to do the job of making the money. And then you want to not just have it all flow through your fingers. You want to keep as much of that as possible. The next step though is protecting that wealth. This is building the roof on your house so that no financial storm can come in and rob the wealth you've built and make you poor. I've heard it said that if one event, one life event can come in and make you poor, you're not really wealthy. And it's just another way of saying exactly what you were saying, Bruce, about keeping the wealth. So keeping the wealth is extremely important and often completely overlooked because most people just want to jump from, I made a lot of money. I want to 
invest that money and make a lot more money with that, they forget the middle step that is extremely crucial to keep the wealth. Yeah. So if this is, go I've ahead, first. I said that before on another podcast, uh, protecting, protection, protection. And, and if, you, if you don't believe in that, cancel your car insurance and then drive across town and see how you feel. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. I mean, it, I've had this be, happen to me in other situations where, like, well, it just happened to me today. Um, my Cal- my uh, Arizona home, I got a thing from Travelers Insurance and said, hey, we were reviewing this and you don't have an Arizona uh, driver's license. So in order to maintain coverage, you have to have an Arizona driver's license. You have a Missouri driver's license. And I'm like, oh my goodness, does that mean if I don't respond to them right, what, right away, you know, I'm going to lose coverage and I'm worried about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the stuff that's now going to hinder my progress today because I'm going to have to take care of that mm-hmm. going forward. So protection, protection, protection is very, very important. Excellent. So if you hear nothing else today, don't forget that middle step of protection. If you're in any way thinking, I don't know if I'm fully protected. I'm not sure I have the cash that I'm making right now. I don't know if I'm secure to turn that into more income. I don't know if I have cash flowing assets that are going to create the streams of income that I need in the future. If any of those are questions on your mind, we would love to talk to you. And I'll just tell you directly, you can go straight to our calendar at themoneyadvantage.com slash calendar. If you just go to themoneyadvantage.com, you can find a, a button right in the middle of the page there that will take you there. And you can book on our advisor calendar. And what this means is that you are jumping into a conversation with somebody who is going to help you understand your individual vision for your life and the lay of the land of what you have right now so that you can maximize and optimize everything you're doing and make sure that your plan will not fail, will not fail if you live longer, will not fail if the stock market drops, will not fail if inflation is different than you expect, will not fail just because interest rates change. But instead, you're going to be prepared for, as Bruce says, the good recession that he's <laughs> thinking and hoping is going to be on the horizon because it will highlight the true stability and certainty of people's financial houses. And so if you're in a position right now, you have good money habits, you're in a position of strength right now, but you want to make sure you don't lose that. We'd love to have you book on our calendar. And I'm going to tell you about one more thing before we go today. Um, thank you for um, I'm not sure your name, but the Kazan McNeil show that you were listening in today and for Saweri and also um, Jesus, thank you for your comments. I will tell you as well, if you're on YouTube or Facebook, please like this video, please subscribe. You can hop on over to Apple Podcasts and you can follow us there. This is a podcast on a weekly basis that we, um, that we release. And also, I would love to tell you that one of the main strategies we use helps you keep in control more of your money. And you can get a download for the guide that explains more about this at privatizedbankingsecrets.com. So make sure that you go check that out as well. And we would love to hear your thoughts, your comments on this show, your questions. If you want to ask us a question individually, go to hello or email hello at themoneyadvantage.com. We'd love to hear from you as our listener. Thank you for being with, with us on the show today. And in closing, remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few, not the crowd and build a life and business you love.
Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated Member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and Investment Advisory Services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and Registered Investment Advisor, both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.